calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hello, I'm Alison Larkin, writer, comedian, narrator, and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. Join me as we embark on a journey through Austen's timeless stories, starting with Pride and Prejudice. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, hey, everybody, and... Happy Hanukkah to all who celebrate. Yes, happy Hanukkah. In this season of Hanukkah, we thought it would be a fun time to also tell you that one of the thematic episodes that we're going to be doing this season is taking a deeper look at Willow and Judaism. Specifically, there is so much to discuss. So many of you have written in over the last few years, uh, and some of the things we're totally aware of, but a lot of what we're going to be talking about or what other people are going to be talking about, we're going to be learning along the way. So we have a little form set up for those of you who want to share with us. It's a place for our Jewish listenership specifically to submit thoughts requests for guests, questions, feedback, and all else as we move into production on that episode. BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com slash Willow. It'll take you to a little form, put whatever you want in there. We won't be producing this episode until 2022, but we just want to start gathering um, your thoughts and your interests now so that we can do a good job. Yes, please. And speaking of a good job, it's time. Oh my God. To reveal unto thee the results of last episode's Sexual Attention Awards, we received a total of 658 votes, which is so close to 669 votes. It pains me (laughs) to be so close and yet so far. Uh, In fourth place, with 1% of the vote, meaning like six and a half people liked this enough to vote for it. It's Xander and Nancy. Mm. Who are you, six people? Yeah, who are you? You know what? I'm not going to yuck your yum. Nancy seems it's true. fun. Just the competition was stiff, if you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, in second place with 19% of the vote... It's Buffy and the act of saying from beneath you, it devours, which, you know, it does. In second place, Immolation Watch never sleeps. It's Dawn and Spike's imminent death by fire with 35% of the vote. Burn it all down, Dawn. And what shall rise, pray tell, from the ashes after Dawn has burned it all down with 45% of the vote? Taking the big win, it's Xander and Spike. You're welcome. Good job, gentlemen. Enjoy. 
Hey, we're doing something very fun in the Patreon space in case you didn't hear about it yet. It feels like a first time, which is the podcast that I did with Joanna Robinson for oh so long. And I'm now doing it with Jenny Owen Youngs. Hello. And Jenny, what are you guiding me through? I'm showing you Firefly. Finally, an opportunity to make you watch it uh, where you could not say no. Yeah, it's true. And lucky for me, because I actually did really enjoy the first episode. Aha, we watched, I fucking knew it. <laughs> we watched the pilot with all of our patrons uh, a couple of weeks ago. We're about to tape the second episode where I'll be telling Jenny all of my thoughts and feelings on the first two episodes and predicting what might happen in the next three. Incredible. Uh, it's really fun. You can learn more about it. Uh, BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com slash feels like we are watching Shindig with everyone on Saturday, this Saturday, December 4th at one o'clock Eastern. Hooray. We've also got a live watch of immense, incredibly festive holiday episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Can't wait to see all of the gifts that Faith brought over to Joyce's So many gifts. Very spot. They are crappy. Uh, (laughs) We'll be watching that with our patrons on Saturday, December 11th at 5 p.m. Eastern. Details are on our calendar and over on Patreon. Hell yes. Cannot wait to revisit the great blizzard of Sunnydale. Uh, I have an email to share with you finally. Uh, It's been like a a weird beginning where I've just said I will read you an email and haven't. Before I jump into it, I just want to share something from Mac. So as you know, everyone on the team here listens to the episodes before they go live. And Mac clarified, you'll hear me uh, referencing Ani DeFranco saying it's Mr. DeFranco to you in the show. And Mac actually uh, let me know that Ani was riffing off of Sidney Poitier's famous quote which is it's Mr. Tibbs to you. That's from the movie In the Heat of the Night where uh, he plays a black cop who works cases in a racist county in the South during the 1980s. So I am going to be watching that film and I just wanted to let you know when you get to that part of the podcast, uh, I stand corrected. Ani uh, got it from Sidney Poitier. Well, well, well. Are you ready, Jenny, for a little email? I am so ready. This is from our listener, Ben. Ben wrote in, in the first episode of season seven, Lessons, you asked if anyone knew how many beheadings we've seen in the show. And you invited any listeners with the answer (laughs) to get in touch. (laughs) I have the answer along with many other related stats. And the reason I do is at least partially down to the two of you. I'm a UK-based comedian, writer, and Buffy and Buffering fan. Back in season five, during your discussion of the body, the following snippets of conversation really caught me. First, Jen Malkowski saying, I think that's really the mission statement for this episode, to explore what an individual death means, really in the context of a show that's given us hundreds and hundreds of deaths, most of which mean nothing at all. And then us saying to each Mm. other, Jenny, I mean, how many deaths have we seen on Buffy the Vampire Slayer? If we could count vampire dustings, right? Oh, forget it. Countless. Yeah. So, so many. Ben says... Well, I heard that and I thought, I bet they're not countless. I bet I could count them. So I did. I have a spreadsheet of every single death depicted, reported, referenced, or implied in the show. And what's more, I'm planning to take a stand-up comedy show about my findings to the Edinburgh Festival Fringe next summer. The working title is Lies, Damned Lies, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a comedy show about death, Buffy, and statistical analysis. (laughs) 
To answer your original question, there are 40 decapitations in the show total, 46 if you count the gentlemen's heads exploding, making it the fourth or the fifth most common cause of death. 29 of these are beheadings of vampires. However, the beheading that sparked your question was only the 10th decapitation. Spoiler, there are many more to come. And the first we actually... (laughs) And it's the first decapitation we actually see since Buffy slammed a car door on a vamp's head in All the Way. Other notable decapitations Uh include, of course, the very first with a symbol in the bronze in episode two, the harvest, and of course, the beheading with a bone saw in the body itself. (laughs) Wow, Ben. Yes, Ben. I replied immediately and just screamed at Ben. And now here we are reading the email. Oh, my God. Ben, thank you. Oh, God. 46. I don't know. Do you would you count the gentlemen? I wouldn't count them. No, I think exploding is different than decapitation. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So 40 total. And Jenny, we're about to roll over into a live episode right now. That's right. So uh, have fun. We have a lot of fun. You'll be able to tell if you're a regular listener that we are in the same room and also talking to people live because we are cackling a lot more than usual. (laughs) So much cackling. So enjoy or don't. Before we roll into this live episode, I just wanted to um, give you a little gifty. Oh, a little gifty for me? Yeah. Yeah. Tasty little gifty for you. Oh, I can't wait. So... As you know, the song uh, at the end of this episode is a nice little song from Buffy to Willow. However, the song that was almost at the end of this episode was an ode to the skin eatingest dude we've ever encountered, Gnarl. I would like to sing a little sample for you and the listeners, if I may. You definitely may. The song that wasn't. <gasps> Who's that creeping in the shadows? No! Walk alone, he's sure to follow. No! Who's got a manicure a clacking? No! Always down for lengthy snacking. No! G for the gnashing of his teeth and for the nasty treats he eats. A for when he finds you all alone. <laughs> R for the rattling of your bones. L for when he's lapping up your blood. And I forgot to finish the song with a rhyme. Wow, Jenny. Standing ovation. Standing. Oh, thanks. I took thanks the a mic. Lot. I carried the mic up with me, but I am standing, standing and running far, far away. <laughs> Uh, um, thank you for that. I'm sure many people will make a sound clip of it and use it as their ringtone. Who doesn't want to think about <laughs> gnarl all the time? Mm. Oh, you're going to get a lot more gnarl after the theme song. Here we go. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free, in tandem with those 
over on Angel on Top. <laughs> I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And this week we are live on the internet, but sitting, in case you're listening to this after the fact and you can't see us, Jenny and I are sitting right next to each other. Check this out. That's the sound of me being poked. Uh, kind of hard, actually. Yeah, I, I was trying to get you to say ow. Yeah. But, okay, so yeah. So we're sitting <laughs> next to each other and um, we're in the same place, which is really appropriate because we are recording season seven, episode three, same time, same place. Get it? Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by the one, the only, Jenny Owen Youngs, <laughs> recapping the Buffy episode that we're discussing. Same time. Same place could have only been written by Jane Espenson, was directed by James A. Contner, and originally aired on October 8th, 2002. Important date. I mean, sorry, did you want to talk about your birthday? I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, I'm good. Okay, because I have some 2002 airport facts (laughs) to drop in a minute. Okay, this is the one where, according to IMDb, Willow's return proves problematic when she is literally unable to see her friends and is left with a creature that paralyzes its victims. That's fucking mild, IMDb. And thank God. Yeah. If you knew the truth, would you sign on for this? No. No, I wouldn't. I I sent Jenny a picture while I was watching today. That was just my <laughs> my notebook held up in front of the TV screen, and it was like gnarl on the TV screen. And my only note was barf, <laughs> which yeah. kind of like that kind of sums yeah. it up. Um, so here we are, previously on. What happened previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer? My notes are Warren was flayed, a horse daddy, Anya, and a soul. I didn't even write it. Down. I was like, I'm sick. In a pear tree. I'm sick and tired <laughs> of being dragged through these previously on. Like, I want to see Warren getting flayed again. But you get horse I know daddy. it's relevant. And I'm happy to see horse daddy always. Yeah, horse daddy Giles, you know. Um, so that's the previously on. And here we go. We're off. This episode is kind of reminiscent. <laughs> Everyone can now see how many times I interrupt Jenny, which I can't see usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, this, what I was going to say is this is kind of reminiscent of Mummy Hand. You know, the Mummy Hand's actually in this episode. In the box? Yeah. Oh. I thought you'd be happy. I know it's your favorite Mummy Hand. It is my favorite Mummy Hand. Say what you were going to say before I... Uh, Sunnydale inst- Airport. <laughs> 9.20 something p.m. Ah. Yeah. So the the thing that I immediately noticed, which I don't know if you did as well. The but clockwork. So no, much the, clockwork the, in the this clock, The clockwork is great, especially the microwave clockwork. Mm. I think that's pretty incredible. No, but the, but like Xander and uh, Buffy and Dawn are waiting at the gate. And I was like, this is 2002. Mm-hmm. 9-11 was 2001, mm-hmm. so I clickety-clacked my way to oh. a little bit of research. And so, so first of all, first of all, Jenny, yeah. before the 1970s, a lot of flights, like it was so casual in the United States that a lot of flights, you could just walk into the airport, get on the plane, and they would take the fare from you on the plane. Incredible. Can you even? Can you even? So anyway, then 9-11 happened and the um, federal government took over the monitoring of people and bags. Yeah. Classic federal government. Classic federal government. But the um, it, it was called like the Aviation and Transportation Security Act, and it had to be enacted by November 19th, 2002. So they like 
squeak. They just squeaked this right in because after this, and I don't know, I mean, like things. November 19th, 2002, that's just three (laughs) days before my 21st birthday. (laughs) Um, And like it it went in stages. Like I don't really remember, but the shoes and the liquids, that shit didn't happen until 2006. So there was like a few years. I remember the liquids because I, it was like, I'm glad to hear that it was 2006 because my memory is I was just like just starting to fly a lot because I was like, going to LA all the time to start to play shows. And I like went to the airport. I was like taking a red eye. I got a coffee. And then I like went to go through security and they were like, cool, you can't. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean I can't? (laughs) What is that? The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. I know. I mean, I remember going to the gate with people like that. I have memories of that. But anyway, if this, if this had happened, if Willow had returned just like a month later, they wouldn't have been able to even be at the mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, shout out to the kid who drops his fucking backpack because he's pissed off at his parents. I think it's a fucking quality move. If you are a moody teen, take note. Oh, yeah. Just fucking drop your bag as you walk. Yeah. Brilliant. He, like big Paul Rudd in wet, hot American summer vibes. <laughs> uh, I really like a lot that's going on here. I like that Xander made a yellow crayon sign. I like that Xander is like really excited and like op- like his whole vibe is feels very open, you know? He's not on the same page as Buffy who's like what are we what do we say to Willow? He's just like, yeah. I also like that he has clearly been going on and on and on and on about his yellow crayon speech. My mouth saved the world is exactly what he says, which is probably maybe the most Xander line that has ever yeah. been spoken. Yeah. Uh, to your point, though, I have a bone to pick with Buffy because she says, we saw her kill Shine Willow. Like, how are we going to respond? How? Of course, we can't act normal. We saw her kill someone. She what tried, show has she been watching? She tried to kill Dawn. I'm like, do you remember normal again? Because like it was just a few episodes ago that you literally tried to kill everybody. Yeah. Baby, baby, baby. <laughs> if so, you don't remember trying to kill Dawn yourself, <laughs> that, that time. It just feels like like her shock. And I know obviously like Sarah Michelle Geller has to read the lines that she's fucking given. Yeah. But like what? How are we how are we treating this like it's any different than all the times that everyone on the show has tried to kill somebody? Um, anyway, Buffy reveals, of course, to uh, Dawn that she didn't finish. <laughs> I just I feel like I just feel like Michelle Trachtenberg is getting a lot to work with and she's really working it in this app. And this is like the start of it when she's like, she didn't finish being not evil. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I am a Dawn I know that you, fan. I know, I know, I know, I know. Look, we're this is a pro Dawn podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at somebody in the comments uh, uh, who said only Gavi. I don't know if I pronounced your name right. Uh, only only Buffy <laughs> can try to kill her sister. Like only she can make fun of her sister. Yeah. So no one else can do that. Yeah. Good yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. So then we go in my notes to what I call airport number two. Um, because this is the same sure. scene. Parallel report. <laughs> you want to try that? Let's do it again. No, no. Just one more time? Okay. No, I'm sad. Um, my first note is Willow looks fucking great. This outfit. Where was this outfit? Why didn't Tara ever get to see Willow in this outfit? Oh, you know what? That's I, so sad. I the fuck. Well, I just. I mean, look, they had a very special time together, but imagine how much more special it would have been if Willow was wearing this outfit at some point. Well, I mean, her hair, 
the ruffly, like sort of like exaggerated ruffle tuxedo thing. Yeah, over, and with like the leather jacket and the pinstripe pants. Come on, she looks hot. She looks she, great. She actually, yeah, she, yeah, and she looks like all grown up, you know. Which part of that is from trauma? But hey, that's a part of growing up for some of us. So mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? Um, and yeah, we get to see the kid drop the bag again. Yeah. Okay, we're like, oh, time. whoa, what? What? They're not there, but they were there. Oh my mm-hmm, god. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and Willow is sad, and she's like, "Welcome home, me." <laughs> yeah. And then Nerf Herd is like, they are. Then we go. So I realized where this was later in the show, but in my first note taking, I called this spray paint alley. So. Dude, <laughs> look closely and try. You cannot prove to me that this guy isn't tagging Spice Girls. No, except for later. That's what I was writing down. That later, you see that it says Spider, and I was so disappointed because oh. I had like a whole situation with like S P I what friend uh, Spider. Spider is like the most I've never like I have no idea what like using spray paint and tagging things is. So I'm going to guess that if somebody's doing it, they're writing spider. Yeah. Yeah. Guess. Um, Jenny, there's a certain thing that <laughs> the, I don't know. The, I may only be able to choice, hear that at home, but the, the ch- flap, the choice, the choice. <laughs> It's really good. The choice. It's so good. The choice for them to show spray paint boy and then to have the hand come in from the side and go. (laughs) And the fingers are so long and the nails. Oh, my gosh. This is the best customer at the fucking nail salon, demon nail salon. It's gnarl. It's gnarl is like, you know that I am my nails, right? That's my whole thing. That's my whole. (laughs) It's so uh, funny. It's incredible. I mean, Gnarl, this is the, intro- <laughs> this is the introduction of Gnarl. All of, what do you want to say? Do you want to say what Gnarl says? Are you ready for beginning um, your, your role as Gnarl in this podcast? Gnarl says, hallelujah. <laughs> it's not very good. There's something. talks when you're all alone. <laughs> yeah, there's something about Camden Toy's performance this is camden toy if you didn't know that of so co- he's the second course it is second gentleman yeah i mean but some second gentleman are... first gnarl but like not a lot of people learn from us but a couple people do <laughs> his his line deliveries really do something so interesting i think over the course of the episode which i think is why my brain is like no there's no there's no easily accessible imitation of this because it like just kind of goes all over the place but it always feels like of a piece, but it is like very uh, like long and winding. How am I doing? Yeah, you're doing you're doing great. Thank you. Uh, somebody in the chat said exactly what I was just about to say, Megan, uh, that Gnarl <laughs> is very golemy. Like and and it is. I mean, his whole oh, affect yeah. is very like oh, yeah. my precious. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So then we go to parallel Summer's house scenes where Willow gets there first. She knocks on the door. No one's home. Yo, dig the Buffy license plate on Buffy's bedroom door. Buffy, California. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, she gets in, obviously. She goes through the side door. And this is where we get the beautiful, I love, the, the whoever was behind the camera that did the little pan past the microwave. You, they were having a good time. That's a beautiful pan past the microwave time, mm, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's nice. Um, we learn, I don't know if we have already knew this, but it's very clear now that uh, Buffy took Joyce's room, which then was Willow and Tara's room and now is Buffy's room, um, but has like moved shit around. So the bed is on the opposite wall and the dresser's on the wall where mm-hmm, the bed mm-hmm, used mm-hmm. to be. Which honestly, you think it's a better layout? Well, no, I <laughs> I haven't given much thought to the layout, but I do think it is, it's not weird that she took over the room. No, it's, it's not weird. And also I think, I mean, most people would probably want to get the fuck out of this house after the amount of horrible shit that's happened. But yeah. the show set us up to know that it's the, the house is dep- at a depreciated right. value. Right, right, they right. can't leave. They have to stay there. And so the, the next best thing is like move the furniture around so that it at least feels a little different than it felt before. Don't use the doily bedspread. Then she didn't. Um, Willow takes a moment by the window to be sad. Mm. And we're like, Thanks. At least they don't play the fucking scene. At least it's yeah, only the it's audio. audio. Okay, and then now for those of you who are a little younger than us, Kristen, do you recall a time in your life when you had a Philofax and you had one page in the Philofax that was family phone numbers that you just kept open on your desk? <laughs> and you just want to you have me your own <laughs> you want to have your own work number. <laughs> you want to have your best friend Xander's work number, but not his home number uh-huh. or cell and or then anything. Dawn's and then Dawn's cell phone, cell phone and, number. And nary a mention of Willow. That's your that's your family for Willow to roll up on and read. Yeah. And but he- is this but is this manifested by like is that really the book is that really what the book Ooh. says? Because she also looks at the pictures and there's no pictures of Willow. And so I thought that like maybe since obviously we learned right at she's the end like that she's kind of erased herself without meaning to. Wow. It's not a big deal. I am what they call a natural talent. So Okay. She so gets, wait. I don't know if you're about to go to the next, uh, the Buffy scene, but I would like to be upset with Willow for putting her fucking shoes on the couch first. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Come People on. in TV shows put their shoes on the couch all the time. It drives me fucking nuts. Uh, she, yeah, she hears something downstairs and thinks that someone's arrived home, drops the file of facts, goes downstairs, doesn't see anybody, falls asleep on the couch with her shoes on. Okay. I got distracted by the by everybody agreeing with me in the chat. It's like I'm not don't look at the chat until I see everybody being like, "Yeah, Kristen, you're totally right, Kristen." And then I'm like, "What? Where am I?" <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay. So back to the microwave. <laughs> uh, so they're having this conversation. Buffy and and uh, Xander have walked through the door. Is Dawn with them at this point? Basically, they're like. Giles, first of all, Giles said he put her on the plane. In lies. Lies. Giles is straight up fucking lying over there in fucking wherever he is in the UK. Unless he walked her to the cabin and got in it with her and then rode to the airport. But why wouldn't he have just driven her to the airport? Maybe his car is in the shop. (laughs) Maybe he only rides horses in England. Oh, my God. He's like, it would be really um, uh, impractical to ride the horse to the airport. So. Yeah, because where would you put the luggage <laughs> on the horse? Anyway, Giles says he put Willow on the plane. Um, but I guess she had one of those flights that left London and, and stopped in Chicago before it went the rest of the way to Sunnydale Airport. 
So that's yeah, super they logical. They had a, a layover in Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> um, and so they're like, where the fuck is Willow, right? Like, did she double back? Did she go back to England? Did she get off in Chicago? Is she destroying? Did she go immediately to the other Hellmouth in Cleveland? Like, what is she doing? I would like to take a moment to ask, what is Buffy wearing? And I say this as somebody who was this age in 2002. So, like, I have a lot of space and room for, you know, the fashion of the time. What is Buffy wearing? She's wearing, like, a white tulle dress slip that's totally see-through. Then she has, like, a maybe, like, a white sports bra kind of thing. And then jeans. But the but the dress, go, it goes, like, below her knees. It's mm. quite a choice. I'm not, I'm not like totally upset by it but it's just it should be noted <laughs> okay <laughs> uh to whoever in the chat is saying that o'hare is the worst airport i would like to say for the record that o'hare has toilets that cover themselves in new plastic before you sit down on them which is probably horrible for the environment but really <laughs> great for my butt and i love it so thank you <laughs> great for my butt Kristen Russo. <laughs> uh moving on moving on let's move on yes uh well should we talk we should talk about don being Pretty astute, I just m- moving right? away from, from what's my good for your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> so, do you want to talk about Don, or would you like me to talk about? Go Dawn? for it. Hit it. So they're sitting on the couch, and Don is like, "So Giles is blaming Giles, and we're blaming us. Is anyone gonna blame Willow?" She follows this up with, "Will anyone around here start asking for help when they need it?" I am absolutely a Don fan. I can't be stopped. I just feel like she's really speaking a lot of wisdom for a fucking... How old is she? 15? 16? Mm-hmm. She's doing great. Would you like to talk about anything? <laughs> uh, well, I like that, um, you know, Xander... <laughs> in... Um, in making a case, trying to trying to you know think of alternatives for what could be going on here, uh, he mentions that he he avoided Giles lots of times <laughs> because he was lazy. And then they go on like a little like oh, it would be like very easy to take care of lazy Willow instead of dark Willow. Yeah. I would love to see what like lazy Willow's manifestation looks like. But I think just cozy sweatpants, tousled hair. But yeah, but until it goes too far, and then you're letting the candles burn all the way down, mm. and then you set your house on fire. And so we crossfade a beautiful crossfade where the the three of them go see through, and then we see Willow. So they're sitting on Willow essentially on the couch, and Willow gets up and she calls. So th- okay. this is a straight Willow. <laughs> Willow calls Giles in England by pressing. <laughs> one button. She's a witch, so mm, is is but, that how it works? Calling card for witches is you just assign one number. <laughs> yeah, but she says she says she's looking for Giles, and then she's like, "Oh, you don't know him by that name." I mean, <laughs> Mister Giles. <laughs> that's that's Mister Giles to you. Yes, that was an Ani DeFranco in my head reference. And then she says, "Oh, right, the council meeting." I forgot he would be there and he's unreachable all day. Convenient that he's unreachable, but also they just talked to him. So that's confusing. And also the council? Well, well, Buffy Buffy called him the night before, which would have been very late in England because it was what, like 10 p.m. or something. Uh, So that would have been like, oh, like eight hours later in England. So like the morning before he left? Yeah, exactly. My real question is, what what council? The council council? 
Or is the, are we calling the witches coven the council now? Because why is Giles with the fucking council? Well, he is being, he was retroactively back paid and reinstated. So he's like going to meet. I just like, I don't think we'll ever get like an answer to this, but I just felt like it was a bizarre thing to just toss in there. Yeah. He's with the, he could have been with the witches. Why wasn't he with the witches? Anyway, out of the magic box walks Anya. God bless the universe. She's holding a magic box. I'm happy to see Anya with a magic box. box. She's holding a magic box from the magic box. That will get me anytime, every time. I just love the props person who took a stamped magic box on every Mm -hmm. fucking side of this box. I was Mm -hmm. like, get it? Mm -hmm. Because that that would be me. So the magic box is obviously destroyed. R.I.P. R.I.P. magic box. Uh, Anya's not happy to see Willow right away. Because, uh, no. you know, the last time she saw Willow, Willow was utterly decimating her livelihood and um, doing getting inside of her brain and making her do stuff. P- terrible vibe. Yeah. And we get I mean, we always get like very, very direct honesty from Anya. And that's what we get here. You know, she's like and and what I love, what I love about this couple who should be a fucking couple. Why? The greatest couple the gra- I mean, in they are- the entire run of the show. You know, like a direct chef's kiss for this couple because they're both being so honest. They're both really fucking honest right now. Anya says, you know, are you all better or are you fiery apocalypse, Willow? And Willow honestly says neither. I'm doing Mm -hmm. work on myself. I'm trying, whatever. Anya's like, you ruined my fucking livelihood. And you are responsible, so you should feel responsible. Uh, And Willow is like, you are correct, and I am open to taking this. There's some rib bone talk. And Willow is like, bring it, which kind of deflates Anya. But still, it's honesty. It's nice. It is nice, and it's great that, I mean, I think, like, Spike and Anya are frequently used in the show in this way. And Tara was to a certain extent as well as like kind of a person who is in the group, but not, you know, really in the core. Yeah. That that people in the core can have conversations with that they can't have with other people in the core. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also it's like it it works because Anya isn't really seeing the other gang. And mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. like in mm-hmm. this particular setup, it's nice that we have a character that won't really get it. That, like, you know, they're invisible to each other. But then once Willow is like, ah, just, like, say whatever you need to me, Anya warms, and then she, like, (laughs) kind of huffily sits down on the curb. It's very cute. This is Allison Hannigan, Emma Caulfield. You love to see it. Oh, God, they're so good. Anya was just in Brazil for some vengeance. For some vengeance and nuts. Nuts. (laughs) Uh, And... When Willow tells her that she hasn't seen Buffy and Xander and Dawn, Anya says, I guess they're so mad at you. Anya! She's like, but she's like saying it because she wants to justify it for herself. She's yeah. like, they're probably still mad at you. Just between you and me, they've been really temperamental lately. And she tries to tell Willow about what happened. And Willow's like, anyway, so can we get back to me, the me of it all? Um, yeah, yeah. And... Then Anya tells her, well, everybody's been just like fucking around at the high school lately, right? Buffy works there now and Spike is insane in the basement and Xander likes to get in early, which made my heart break because it was such it's such a specific detail. You know, it's like she's like generally aware of this and generally aware of that. And she knows kind of every detail about what Xander is doing. Yeah. 
which is just like my heart, you know? Yeah, I know. So then we go to, to Spray Paint Alley, which turns out was the construction site for the gym. Yes, the new gym that mm-hmm. Xander's crew is hard at work on. Uh, and Willow just calls down into the chasm. Xander? <laughs> and then she go climbs down the ladder and we see that she is wearing... What is it called when heels are teeny tiny? Kitten. But they're short. Okay, kitten. She's wearing kitten heels. I don't actually know what her heels are, but tiny heels are usually called kitten heels. Well, she appears to be wearing, by your description, what would be called kitten heels. Okay. And it just just doesn't seem very practical for climbing down a ladder into a construction site. But she didn't know she no, was going to be climbing down a ladder. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Buffy and are you getting are you getting allergic to the cats? I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Buffy and Xander are now down in the pit as well, and everybody sees this skin. As Do you though- think this is the same thing that they used for the Warren scene? Honestly, probably. It looks identical. It has to be. And you know what? I yeah. Say- why would you have two of those? Like I always say, I think that one skinless person is plenty for a series. You know. You always say I that. I do. I'm always saying it, and no one is ever listening to me. We have another skinless person, Spider, <laughs> maybe, is his name. Mm. Um, and they're hearing, I love the the back and forth of hearing, like they, they hear the book drop, and they hear the door open, and they hear the like ladder move as Willow goes up it. I just yeah. think it's a nice um, effect. Well done. Uh, and of course, Buffy, very specifically, is thinking, well, this looks familiar. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> Xander says, I came across this and I called you right away. And Buffy says, I got to get a job where I don't get called right away for this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, true. Okay, so inside Sunnydale High School, another adult woman is wandering the halls. <laughs> There's nobody here, though. So it's like at least nighttime. But yes, she just busts into the Nighttime? It's daytime. It is? She was just outside and it was daytime. That's true, but where are the students? They're not in class. They're in class. Oh. She's just wandering around the school <laughs> while class is happening. And then she comes across <gasps> she comes across a door that is clearly marked <laughs> basement, no student access. She's like, perfect. <laughs> Down she goes. Spike apparently took his body <laughs> off of the cross in the church and put the blue shirt back on before he went. Horrific. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. I want you to know that in the chat, Latoya is is saying, over on Angel on Top, we <laughs> never talk about skinless people. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, Damn you it, had LaToya. like fucking two seasons of Justine and Angel on Top. So talk to me later. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So Spike is still in his blue shirt, and he is having a conversation. He hears Willow, and he's like, this is my place. You need permission. Uh, Worse than ever you are. And then he's like, oh, this is Willow. This is really fucking cool. I, like, thought about being in in the writer's room for this shit where they're like, okay, so he's talking to Willow, and he's also talking to Buffy and and Xander, but, like, timing it. There's a lot of, you know what it is? Hellmath. Everyone's welcome. It is Hellmath, though, how they figured the scene out. And it's really cool. Uh, yeah. Do you want to know my favorite part of the What's scene? What's your favorite part of the scene? When Buffy walks in, we don't know when we first see it that Buffy has walked in. But when Buffy walks in, he says, Spike, look at you glowing. What's a word means glowing? Gotta rhyme. Do you have any idea what, what kind of word would mean glowing, Jenny? 
Oh, are you talking about um, effulgent? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Well, he doesn't say what it's got to rhyme with. No, but it's like direct. It's clearly, uh, of clearly course, a, it's a callback. Of it's course, it's nice. Course. It's like we had so much fun with effulgent years ago. And so the fact we that did. It, the fact that Spike is stirring it up for us again, I'm into it. Um, but yeah, you know, he's talking to Buffy and Xander. He's talking to Willow. He's going back and forth to Buffy and um, Xander, or to really to Buffy. He's saying, I should hide. You know what I did. Then he's like, everyone's talking to me and not each other. Willow tells him there's a body. Um, she's like, do you know what could skin a person? And he's, he's like, like mm, <laughs> I can think of one thing. I might still be wearing this blue shirt and in a basement, but I do I'm know. I'm aware of a couple that things. you did that. So, yeah. He says, button, button, who's got the button? Uh, mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. uh, not only a line from Willy Wonka, apparently, but is a reference to like a game played uh, oh, yeah. where you hide a button. Yeah. Pretty- yeah. And then you're like, where's the button? Exactly. Who's got it? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, okay. So they have their little chat. And then Xander and Buffy are, are walking around, and Xander notes that it's like the walls in the basement move or something. They can't. Use the blueprints, even when you hold them up against the window mm-hmm. to look at the light filtering through them, the blueprints are of no use in the basement, which I'm interested in. Yeah. Put a pin. That's very, that. um, what's that book that we've talked about before? The House of House yes. of Leaves. Not the House of Yes. <laughs> House of Listen, leaves. Parker Posey forever, but wrong reference. Uh, yeah, the House of Leaves, which is a house bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. I love that shit. Actually, I'm reading um, the Once and Future Witches because tomorrow oh. I better finish it because tomorrow uh, we have a book club for Buffering talking about it. And um, there's some there's some rooms where there are not rooms on the outside in that Ooh. book as well. Uh, so yeah, so. Something great happens mm-hmm. before we leave the basement, mm-hmm. uh, which is that in his triangulated conversation, Spike tells Willow, uh, they think you did it. <laughs> the Slayer and her boy. <laughs> and Sander is so mad. Oh, he is. I'm her boy. He's like, I thought I was your boy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what about all our meaningful <laughs> eye contact? Oh, God. Um, so, okay, it's fucking time. It's time. The time is here. Buckle. Buckle up. <laughs> this is a very important scene. It's one of the most important scenes in the series. You can't. Oh, you can see her hand. Her whole, Jenny's whole hand is like clasped, white knuckled around the microphone. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. You remember Triangle? You remember the episode Triangle? Well, the troll! And it was so fun. And what was really great about that episode was getting to see Willow and Anya playing against each other, being kind of like antagonistic. And Allison Hannigan and Emma Caulfield, so funny, so great, so great, so great, so great, so great. Who wrote Triangle? <gasps> well, looks like you need to do some research. Okay, don't. Don't go ahead without don't talk, me. Don't talk? Okay, I'll just sit here and stare. No, at no, 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 just like vamp. Well, I mean, I can at least talk about the beginning of this scene while you do your research, which is tap, tap, tap at the fucking door, and the door opens. It's Anya's apartment, and Anya, <laughs> Willow is like, I need help. 
Triangle was also written by Jane Espenson. Of course it was. Jane knows just what to do with Allison and Emma. I love it so much. It's so good. Great. Jane Espenson, the biggest Willow on. See, she probably was trying to get everybody to agree for these two to be a couple. Right? If we ever talk to her, we'll find out. I mean. So <laughs> Willow's like, I need help. And Anya immediately is like, I don't have any money. <laughs> Classic. Actually. She spent one millennium demonically vengeance in Speaks her mind and then some You know she's partial to the finer things And down with double boyfriends, oh yeah Exchanging cash for goods and also services She'd love to hold the money for ya She'll hold that cash Just keep the bunnies far from Anya Beautiful. Whoever sang that did a great job. Wow. Um... Yeah, Anya. I mean, Anya is perfect in this episode, if you ask me. <sighs> so good. Come so in. Good. Enjoy my personal <laughs> space. Jesus. Dude, every, I wrote, it was hard not to write down every single line of this I, scene because it's so great. I basically also wrote down every single line. Do you want to try to do what they do <clears throat> together? Uh, yeah. We'll count in. Three, two. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Why don't you be Willow and I'll be Anya? But they both say the same thing. Oh, <laughs> yes, they do. But before that, uh, before oh, that, that down. Willow says that they found a body near the high school. And Anya says, yes, that can happen. <laughs> sorry. I'm uh, sorry I didn't prepare for this. And but then, then say, when it's revealed that the skin was taken right off, they say, was, was it, it you? you? No. <laughs> it's so good. It's... And then Anya's like, with the skin thing, they're definitely going to think it was you. <laughs> Uh, they have like more of conversation and then Willow is like, when did you get all insightful? And Anya says, I'm surprisingly sensitive. <laughs> Not surprising to this guy. No, God. I know Anya is sensitive. Will you help me? Says Willow. Well, is it difficult or time consuming? Says Anya. It's, it's good. Just it's good. very good. So then I go, I, I revert now to all caps. I've lost it because the candles have been lit. They are lit. Um, I would call this a erotic novella, you know? This isn't gonna get sexy, is it? What does Willow say? What does Willow say? She doesn't say no. She doesn't say no. She says, I'd be shocked. <laughs> it's not a no. That's not, not a no. no. Then they like flirt. Willow's like, where's the dust? And Anya's like, I ate it. No. <laughs> yeah. When I'm flirting with girls, I'm always like, oh, that dust, I ate it. <laughs> oh, God. Then the little lights light up because they're doing a spell to like find all what? The demons? What are they even doing? I'm not paying attention okay. to what they're doing because I'm just like, oh, my God. Kiss, it's kiss, a kiss, spell. Kiss, kiss. And the powder, This, this she did this spell. <laughs> Or she tried to do the spell with Tara, remember? And Tara thought she was part demon, so she didn't throw her dust. So it's just a demon locator. She was like, I hate it. <laughs> just like, the only way to make out with Willow is to pretend you ate the dust. <laughs> the magic dust. So so, so the, the glowing lights are demons in Sunnydale. We, and Anya says hello to her own glowing light. And then we see a, a, a wild, uh, uh, you know... What is the word I'm looking for? There's a whole bunch of them <laughs> under the high cluster? school. A cluster? Yeah, a cluster. Um, a yeah. convergence. <laughs> uh, 
Oh my god. Yeah. And, and then, then <laughs> and Anya has said like my carpet's gonna be chill, right? Like this won't fuck up my carpet. Well, I was right? like, baby girl, I got you. <laughs> Do not worry about your carpet. Your carpet is gonna be fine. <laughs> and then the map sets a fire. And Willow's face, like Allison Hannigan's face as Willow, when she sees that she's promised that the carpet will be fine, but now the carpet is on fire, is genius. Emmy and Emmy for that face alone. <laughs> it's so good. Um, she's like smoke. She stamps on it. Like, Remember our talk about the carpet. <laughs> oh. So okay, but you know, once the carpet drama is sorted out, uh, they pick up the map and they see uh, what looks like a strong, like a, a strong burnt char in the middle of a wooded area where Willow asserts that there are some good caves yeah <laughs> she knows a thing or two about caves. she does apparently she knows a did lot about did you caves. happen to notice on the map what the name of that area was no it's called wilkins grove like mayor wilkins that's right like mayor for the last hundred i mean years. he was the mayor, mayor for wilkins. fucking forever so yeah. he deserves at least a couple of caves and a grove sure 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 uh, he probably he would have fucking hated gnarl Mayor Wilkins would have fucking hated Unsanitary Narl. and rude. Oh, he would have been so upset about it while he drank and his then, milk. And then <laughs> um, so, so Willow is like, could you just, could you, could you just teleport? Like, you're a vengeance demon. Could you take a bun? <laughs> Stop. I mean, like a really fast thing that's definitely in no way rabbit-like. And then we learn that Anya's teleportation—it's—it's it's interesting given my entire dissertation about uh, aviation fucking security at the beginning of this because it's—it's uh, it's impacting Anya before it's impacting the residents of Sunnydale. She has to give a flight plan in advance before she teleports because she reversed the worm spell last week. Mm-hmm. 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 So then she, listen, sometimes when you're like two queer ladies, you know, things are like going to get sexy in a variety of ways. And one of them is you share your feelings. Anya's like, vengeance isn't as fulfilling as I remembered. I got the impression, says Willow, <laughs> <laughs> that you enjoyed inflicting. Oh, okay. <laughs> Causing pain sounds really cool, I know. <laughs> wow oh. ladies willow's like um i think i know what you're going through and she basically is is like are you afraid that you will lose that feeling and then you'll like it and then the power will be in charge instead of you anya says wow that was really over dramatically stated <laughs> but yes that's it and then she says i wish it were better for you they say it to each other. I wish it were better for you, too. And then, as as things are winding down, or perhaps winding up, Anya says, it did get a little sexy, didn't it? And the look. The look. On Willow's. The fucking look. Face. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I'd watch it a hundred times. She's like, she's in her mind. She's like, yes, it did. Should I do this? No, I have to clear my name. (laughs) She's definitely not like, I can't. That's Xander's ex. No. She's like, something is removing skin from people and it might be me. I gotta go. (laughs) Yeah. 
If that weren't happening, that's why I'm saying, why do... And then Anya's like, oh, wait, don't go. Isn't there another spell we could do together <laughs> with more candles and dust? Oh, fucking Anya and Willow forever. If you think that every fucking nomination in the Sexual Tension Awards isn't going to be... Yeah, I mean, you just come on. You don't even know who you're dealing with. Come on. All right, we leave these two. Wait, Willow. Oh. Before she she leaves. Oh right. She, she says she did do a locator <laughs> spell to try to find Buffy and Xander and Don, and the spell said that they don't exist. Yeah. Anya doesn't care. She's like, but remember when it was sexy? Yeah. We go to the dining room. Dawn is like rattling off all this shit. She's talking about viscera. Buffy's like, oh, she knows about viscera. It makes you proud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Buffy is very clearly like, I can't do this. Like, we're just sitting here and <clears throat> looking this shit up because we're trying to convince ourselves that Willow is not doing this. And it's it's like not working for me. I need to like move. There's a couple things. Mm-hmm. Sorry, am I stepping on something somewhere you were headed? No. Okay. There's a couple things here that I want to talk about, and one of them is that Don tells them that Gnarl <laughs> eats little strips of skin, mm-hmm. and she calls Gnarl a parasite, oh. but actually, parasites don't kill their hosts. It's that true. would be a parasitoid. Mm-hmm. How about that? How about that? How about that? Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is so strange, and I wonder if this is anybody else's experience. I watched this episode from my, my first watch, and they got to the part where Don's talking about how, oh, you didn't say, like, pools of blood. And the thing about Gnarl is that he laps up the blood. You could say it's his natural beverage. And I'm just like, the bile is rising in my throat and I make this, dis- this so disgusting. Mm-hmm. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, wait, this is a show about vampires. <laughs> like, almost everyone on the show drinks blood. Right, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I heard like half of what you said because I so in the chat, in the live chat, because this is a live episode, there is a filter on what you can and cannot say. And you can't say any bad words. And so like while you were doing that whole conversation that you just had, I saw that somebody wrote cork blork. Yeah, they've been cork blorking in the chat for a little while. Yeah, I lost. I was like fucking wheeze giggling over here trying not to take that talk over your monologue about blood. Yeah. Anyway, Xander's like, you're terrifying to Dawn. <laughs> Which is fair. Which is fair, and I love it, because it's like Xander was definitely not at Dawn's level of, uh, you know, casualness about demons with long fingernails who eat Clickety your skin. Quack. Um, um, oh, that's, uh, that's a great point in the chat and in my notes. Dawn's using the website Demons, 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 oh. a website that Cordelia frequently uses <gasps> oh, down in L.A. Oh, that's sweet. Demons, Demons, Demons. Do you think that like Willow found out the website from Cordelia and told Dawn or do you think that like Cordelia and Dawn have been in direct contact? I do not think they've ever they communicated. Right? So we go to the woods and we go there because the 
detective team uh, has decided that if if there is no blood, there will be like minute traces of blood that they can follow in the woods to find out where Gnarl is. Spike is a little bloodhound. Yeah, and he does a good job. Um, Xander starts this scene off uh, in a way that I love by saying we should have put a leash on him. Really, Xander? Okay. Wow. Tell me more. (laughs) What else do you have to say about that? Uh, Dawn is having a blast. She is making puns. She says it's smellimentary. She wants to make a database where they gather all the information and skin samples from the demons. And she also wants to wear high heels while she does it. Buffy says that was so close to being empowered. You know that Britney Spears is free now. Speaking of, yeah. You know, it just feels related while I find my patriarchy jingle. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I think that that it is empowered and that Buffy doesn't know it yet. The patriarchy! (laughs) Because it's 2002, you know? And in 2002... I also wasn't so sure if high heels was empowering. You know, we had right. we had we had more to, to wade through, more to discuss. Um mm-hmm. Don retorts, everyone loves a slender ankle. <laughs> uh so I support, I think we all support Don being a detective in high heels. Uh yeah, yes. go Don. Do what you need to do for yourself, Don. Oh yeah. Spike fucking terrifies the shit out of Xander at the end of this. He's like, end of the line. And then he looks directly in Xander's eyes and he goes, keep your ticket. (laughs) You're going to need it. (laughs) Nicholas Brendan, also incredible response with no line. Just his eyes are like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Very scared. So just as they appear to be rolling up on the edge of this cave. Chat is uh, freaking out on Britney is free. Yes, we all we can. Yes, we're with you. We love Britney. Fucking it's about time. Continue, Jenny. I'm sorry. (laughs) Willow sees a narrow hole Mm -hmm. and decides to climb through it. Mm -hmm. And I simply hate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) And then we hear the little pitter patter of Gnarl running away and going, Halloween. Okay, then, Bu- then Buffy and Xander and Don crawl in, and then what happens, Jenny? I just want you to do all of Gnarl's <laughs> lines. Look at the little Sean Lamb. See how it trembles. And then I didn't write down the next lines, but it was something like, Is it the cold? I knew it! Is it the cold wind? Or is it that the flock is nowhere to be seen? <laughs> Uh, oh, God. Uh, oh, and then Gnarl is like, Flick. here's the thing. Mm-hmm. This is it. We see a lot of shots about this being a va- like a large open space. And there are some tunnels like set back. Yeah, yeah. But Gnarl, on two occasions, darts up to someone and paralyzes them when <laughs> there the, the amount of space yeah. that he would tra- have to travel from being like hidden to then being close enough to strike. It just doesn't, it simply doesn't add up, mm. Kristen. Yeah, I mean, later when Buffy and Gnarl are fighting, it's also like Gnarl's <laughs> Narl's fight response to being attacked is for him to hold his hands as far away from her as possible, <laughs> which is also, you know, I pro- probably it wouldn't have gone like that, but we suspend our disbelief. Um, 
so Narl, Narl flicks his fingernail, paralyzing Dawn. And they're like, we got to get her the fuck out of here. So let's seal him in. As though he, as though this demon Did, can't move a couple right, of fucking rocks. Right? What? Right? Yeah. Pretty thin, folk. No. <laughs> uh, I do, I do love... Everything about Dawn being paralyzed, though. So. Oh, my God. I'm so glad it happened. It's so good. Her fucking, like, what do you call those people that do the voices for the... Ventriloquist? Yeah, she's, like, ventrilo- ventriloquist talking. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shit's, it's incredible. And, like, nothing could be better than Anya being introduced to this situation later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Narl loves something. He, he says uh, that he loves something before the scene in the cave completely is uh, moved. Do you do you know what he loves? Oh, uh, right, because Willow does a little prayer spell thing and Narl says, Narl loves spells. He keeps them as pets. They love him and they leave him alone. This is it. This is the end of Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Like, F- <laughs> the last listener just hit unsubscribe. <laughs> uh, Narl loves spells is probably the most golemy that Narl gets in everything that he says. Um, yeah. And then... He is like, they wanted me to have you. They left you for me. <laughs> I can do that because I'm in the same mm. room with him. Okay, we're in the woods and Don is like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, oh, no. My next note is, well, I have a few, but really the main one is barf. So um, <laughs> this is where he paralyzes he's Willow. Uh, he's uh, he's t- This is why Jenny isn't allowed on Angel on Top, said LaToya. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Catch me on every episode of Angel on Top for the remainder of the season. You can't, you can't keep me gnarled. out, LaToya. <laughs> Special guest star, Jenny Own Young's as Gnarl. <laughs> Gnarl the musical. <laughs> okay, say what you're going to say. I was going to say... He's like doing his regular voice talking about how how she just he says the word gifty and then his his infla- his like tone and timbre change and he's like are you a tasty little gifty <laughs> Except he doesn't cackle. He sounds so mad when he says tasty little gifty and it's so funny. <laughs> Gnarl's corner. Somebody just said. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh god. So Willow is Willow is also paralyzed by Gnarl's fingernail. <laughs> he can't wait to unwrap this gifty, and um, it's so gross. It's so like TikTok. It's horrible. <laughs> it's like Gnarl talk. It's like, so we go to the living room. Let's leave the fucking nasty shit behind. My I, my notes for like most of the rest of it are just. Oh, where's the camera? Barf, barf, barf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have Dawn there, and <laughs> Xander just like, tosses her on the couch like a sack of potatoes. Face and she's like face up, down, <laughs> face up, face up. Um. Buffy is like, oh, it's permanent. Like, she says it super nonchalantly. And then she's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Just until the creature dies. And Dawn's just, like, squeaking. <laughs> and she, they keep talking about how, what if she vomits? And she keeps being like, stop saying vomit. <laughs> stop 
Stop saying vomit. <sighs> yeah. And they decide to call Anya to watch her. And then meanwhile, back at the cave, I'm writing you so many times. At the end of my notes, I I uh, searched for the word ew in my notes, and I used the word ew 48 times. <laughs> And most of them are right here. Yeah, I mean, my notes are just barf, barf, barf. I, I, I don't even he know what. No, nobody, nobody wants to hear <laughs> any podcaster describe what Narl does. That is not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, do what you will, but no, no, no. He does disgusting shit. It's disgusting. It's so gross. It's it has so no gross. place on television. Get it off. It doesn't have no place on TV. We go. He to... eats skin. He eats a strip of skin and he eats it like a stop it, like a pelican or something. No, like a no. Well, how like dare a, you? Like a smaller bird, like that. A, a bird with a small beak that like has to like til- stop it, tilt stop its it. head back stop to it. get something. <laughs> Kristen's mad at me. So we go to okay. the living room, and Anya, the first line from Anya to about Dawn, to Dawn, I bet she's dying. <laughs> Dawn, we find out, she's like, well, what kind of, like, uh, paralyzing poison is this? Because there are a lot of kinds, and we find out that Dawn is opposable. And they pose Dawn. They, she puts her legs up in the air, and then she swivels her around, so she's sitting up. It's like weekend at fucking the Summer's house over here. <clears throat> weekend at Bernie's. <clears throat> Um, <clears throat> Buffy is like fully just chomping down on Anya's Brazil nuts while this is all good. Nobody gives a Very shit. Very casually. Where'd you get the nuts? Yeah. You know how you're always asking people, oh, where'd you get these nuts <laughs> that I'm eating? While your sister is like completely paralyzed from a poison from a fucking long fingernail demon. Um, Anya's like, I'm feeling very benevolent today. First, I'm helping Willow, then I'm helping you, and they're like, and they're like, record scratch. What? <laughs> what did you say? Um, and then Anya, of course, helpfully is like, I should probably make Dawn salute, though, right? Like, I yeah. should probably do this thing because they're like, Anya, if you helped Willow and you know where she's at, like, take this fucking scythe, right? They give her a scythe. I think they give her a little battle axe. A battle axe? Oh, or a war axe. Oh, right. A scythe is like the thing like this. The reaper. The, the reaper brings right. the okay. scythe. It's not a scythe. It's a, you're right. It's a battle axe. And they're like, time to go. And she's like, great. And before we do that, though, and she just like leaves Dawn's finger like pointing up, but it has like just enough room for them to put the little remote control in it. But she also can't press. She can't press the button. The button. So she's just sitting there. But... I like that. I like that Anya is like, oh, not the gnarl, just gnarl. Right, right. I know him from work. <laughs> it's not the Madonna. It's just Madonna. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so they leave. More they- horrifying stuff is going on in the cave, but what's important is that Willow is saying they will return. They will come back because gnarl is like, yeah, they left you. Gnarl is like busy fucking enjoying his own poetry. Lock you in, nice white skin. I don't, I really don't like when he rhymes or kind of sings. <laughs> so. As opposed to all the things he does that I love. <laughs> so they're all running in the woods and Anya's trailing behind and she's like, I'm out of shape. I've been teleporting for months, <laughs> which is great. A great little non throwaway line. Yep. Yep. Um, then we go to the cave, and this is some of the sweetest Anya Willow shit I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Right? She's nice. here. She's hurt. Anya is, like, genuinely present for Willow. She's, like, 
telling Willow what happened step by step because she knows that Willow can't see Buffy and Xander there. It's really fucking sweet. And I don't understand why they can't fall in love. You know, I know this is a spoiler free podcast, but fucking spoilers. They don't fall in love. Okay. (laughs) That we know of. I'm pissed. So Narl and Buffy fight. I'm just going to let Jenny find her place in her notes. <laughs> yeah, and oh, well, while Anya is dealing with Willow, she's like telling her like Buffy and Xander are here. And Willow's like they didn't leave me. Mm-hmm. Narl jumps over Buffy's head in a move that no one saw coming. <laughs> just why? Sir, why? <laughs> Um, and Buffy puts a knife in his foot. Yeah. And then does what my sister did to my Teddy Ruxpin. <gasps> Rude. In like and 1992. The mountain that rides did to the Viper. <laughs> Takes both thumbs and just pops those eyeballs right in his head. This is so foul. And then Anya commentating. Buffy killed the demon. It was gross. It was gross. <laughs> So because Narl has died, it means that Willow is unparalyzed, which is good, except for she can feel all of the pain, no. which is bad. But what's great is it means that we get the comic relief of Dawn falling, falling off, off the couch. couch. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Hell off the couch, Dawn. Um, Anya, again, like Anya is just so fucking there. She's like, I'm going to go for help. I don't know like who she's going to bring back. Is she going to bring what, back Dr. From- ben? Like what? Help from who? <laughs> I know. Ma'am. <laughs> but it's still very nice, you know? So Willow appears sort of like Patrick Swayze's ghost in the movie Ghost. It like twinkles in, you know? Yeah. Right? It's just like, yeah, that's what happened. And then she's there, which is silly. And that's the last silly moment because then I just cry for a lot of the rest of the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. There you are. Don't go away. They're telling her she's going to be okay. And she says, I know. You're here. Y'all. Oh, my God. I'm at the last page of my notes. Time flies when you're having fun. Willow is meditating and growing new skin by virtue of the power of her meditation. It's pretty cool, except for where is she getting the skin? You know what I mean? Like, she pulled the flower from Paraguay. Where is she pulling the skin from? I just want to know. You know. No, I'm not- no, 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 no. Because you'll grow new skin. She's just speeding up the process. Yeah. Buffy's like, you know, it looks like you're doing your thing in here. And she's like, please stay. I missed you so much when I couldn't find you. This is all I hear is the fucking up, the, the dog under the porch. And oh, up. yeah. What does he say? I hid under the house because I love you, I believe. That's exactly what he says. And that's like, that's the same. It's the same tenor. It's the same line uh, with a few different words. Buffy says, like, we missed you. And then she takes a really, like, self-aware beat to be like, I missed you, you know, which I think is really important because. Good job, Willow. Good job, Buffy. Yeah. Um, And then she says, I have to make a confession. I thought it like I thought that you might have done that. And this is like what I think is a very healthy exchange between them because Willow is like, first of all, you're the slayer and like it's your job to say hard shit out loud. So 
that's understandable. And like, even though Xander didn't say it, he definitely thought it, but he just doesn't have the responsibility that you have. So he doesn't have to say that uncomfortable thing out loud. I just want to like write down in my Shanshu prophecies Mm. that Xander and everyone who's not Buffy has the luxury Mm-hmm. Of not saying difficult things. Well, not everyone, but like yeah. most people in this universe mm-hmm. can let things slide. But the buck sort of stops with Buffy. Yeah. And I think that's just something that it will be interesting to reread in your Shanshu prophecies as the season goes on. Yeah, I agree. Um, and Willow also says in this moment that she also wasn't sure. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Which is like, like, that's like the best honesty. That's like, dude, that's me leaving a store, walking through the detectors. I'm like, I don't think I I stole anything, but what if I did? (laughs) It's true. It's true. I have the same reflex. So Willow needs more strength to be able to keep going. Um, And guess what, Jenny? Buffy got strength to spare. She does. And so she like literally, it's really nice because, and I think sometimes like, These, like, metaphors can get a little clunky. They can feel a little whatever. But I, for one, was very here for this idea that, like, we are seeing that what Willow needs is her friends. And, like, it is literally the strength of her best friend that helps her mend these wounds. It it works for me. Jenny, how do you feel about it? I think it's great. I love it. It's pretty great. Friendship. It's nice. And Willow's back, you know? Willow's, Willow's back. In Buffy's room. So Willow, n- now Buffy's room is Willow's room, and Joyce's room that was Willow's room is now Buffy's room. <laughs> Thank Drag. you for clarifying, question mark. Pay attention. <laughs> so um, that's the end of the episode, but we have um, notably not done mm-hmm. a very important thing. Do it's you- the most wonderful time of the show. Ding, 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 ding. Well, it's time once again for another round of the most important democratic process on the entire planet. It's the Sexual Tension Awards. Wow. What? <laughs> uh, so thrilled to be here in person for yeah. this for this nom and slot party. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got noms. We got slots. Mm-hmm. We're going to find where they intersect. Jenny and I had the same four noms without crossing without, notes, yeah. without checking each other's yep. notes. Yep. Same and here form. they are. Here they are. We're going to run them down for you. In slot number one, mm. it did get a little sexy, didn't it? It's Willow and Anya. It did. In slot number two, your noms. The carpet got burned. <laughs> it it's did. Anya and Willow. It did. It got burned. It was hot. So hot. So hot it inflamed. Mm-hmm. Inflamed? Combusted? There it is. In slot number three, mm. When did they get so insightful? It's Jenkins and Rosenberg. Oh, yeah. They had a lot. There was a lot between them. A lot going on there. Emotions, you know. And it's slot number four. Mm-hmm. Your final set of noms. I'm ready. Damn, there are a lot of candles in this room. How many candles do you need for this spell? It's Rosenberg and Jenkins. Ugh. Immolation watch. Lesbian edition. <laughs> 
the, the meter, the like a sound meter went completely red when Jenny said lesbian edition. It just like went completely off the chart. Well, uh, we do what we have to do. We do what needs to be done here at the Sexual Tension Awards. And we now must charge you mm-hmm. to also do what needs to be done. Please join us in our democratic process. Please vote in our Sexual Tension Awards poll for this episode. Be live on our Twitter at BufferingCast. From now, for one week hence, mm-hmm. run, do not walk. Bring your candles. Get sexy. <laughs> Incredible. Here we are. If you're watching at home, this is the time in a live taping where you get your phone out or get whatever recording, you know, maybe you have a tape recorder. I don't know how you live your life, but whatever. Rec- Fire up Pro Tools. Yeah. Get your recording device ready because we're going to do the outro and you are going to howl out with us at home. And then our brilliant, beautiful, beloved John Mark Nelson, who edits, will take all of your awoos and line them up so that we all get to virtually howl out together thanks john mark thanks john mark okay okay all right hey 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 hi uh it's my pleasure to tell you that i'm jenny owen youngs and when i'm not making this podcast i am often writing and recording music you can uh find my music on all the digital places under my name jenny owen youngs you can give me a shout on twitter at jenny owen youngs you can join me for live streams on twitch on a pretty much weekly basis i've got a new uh record ish out called echo mountain just came out on vinyl i made some custom dungeons and dragons dice Mm -hmm. to pair with it that are very beautiful Mm -hmm. uh and i'm also in a band called lax's and our debut album called get some is out uh everywhere digitally as well so find me in those places if you want to hear more of my voice all the time and also i talk a lot over on vmi pod my other podcast with helen zaltzman yeah i saw that you were talking about some new stuff these days we ran out of veronica mars so we're just kind of like bouncing around what did you just do you just did an episode on something i was excited about our legal expert low dodds joined us uh for a special episode (gasps) on home alone the crimes of home alone yeah that was that's some good shit that worked on me and nothing works on me (laughs) i was like oh i want to listen to that shit yeah 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 um yeah that's great also lax is my favorite band uh, so I'm Kristen Russo, and um, when I'm not talking about Buffy, uh, I am talking about, you know, things like Scream and Angel and other vampires and demons, but also the LGBTQ community. Uh, I do a lot of talks. I go to colleges, and most recently I've been doing a lot of talks at workplaces for parents uh, to help them be more supportive to their LGBTQ kids, which has been really amazing. Uh, and you can learn about that work on my website, which is at Kristen Nolene. Jenny, do you know how to spell that? Kristen with an I, <laughs> N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Ding, 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 ding. Correct. Uh, and you can use that spelling to also find me on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and, you know, then there's us. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. You can drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. It's true. You can support us on Patreon. You can buy some of our cool, cool merch. Uh, or you can leave a review, but it, don't leave one for us, you know? Go to Angel on Top because Angel on Top is in a brand new freaking feed. Oh, yeah. And they can finally get all of your supportive, loving reviews 
for Latoya and Morgan because up till now it's just been seasons one and two for you. Oh review. yeah. So go take your little butts and take them to iTunes and review Morgan and Latoya's Angel on Top. Show them your love. Show them your support. Let them know that despite the feud, we love them. It's true. Well, I can't quit them. Uh, is everybody ready? You <laughs> gotta gotta probably hit Everybody record. firing up. Hit record Is right time? about now. I, I don't know. Are we done? I don't know. <laughs> did you do that? Yeah, you just yeah, did that. I just did oh, that. I gotta do this. Oh, great. Hey, listen. And listen good. <laughs> Jenny's had a beer. <laughs> like three quarters of a beer. This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Alba Daza with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. And it was edited by John Mark Nelson. Until next time. Oh
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.